Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Previously on Of Mice and Men and Monsters. Welcome to the ship Pequod. Call me Ishmael. Starbuck, why did you ask us what we know about tieflings? How does that relate to your cousin Ahab? Our bloodline has demonic presence in it, of course. Do you know the name of the demon that you descend from? His name is Moby Dick. Your allegiance in the form of a tribute of your most precious items is required of you. You'll never have what you want from me. Tell your master he can come himself, but I will slay him myself. A rush of water slices like lightning towards the younger tiefling, who you now know is named Tashtego, Starbuck's son. And it slowly pours out of his eyes, his nose, his mouth, as his lifeless body falls. So guys, uh, when we last left off, it was looking a bit grim. Uh, just as a reminder, you just saw a man boiled alive from the inside and his blood come gushing out of many different orifices. All those you can imagine. Um, the pleasant ones and the, the hidden ones. Um, and so the, ple- this- the pleasant, the, what are the pleasant ones? <laughs> Oh, you know. Wait, would you say once? You, you is that know. orifices? <laughs> you know. Orifici. Yeah, oh, you know, sorry, whatever whatever your pleasure is. Um, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so anyways, you just saw this site happen, and I'm, I'm not quite sure how your characters are going to be responding to this. So how, how are they <laughs> looking at this scene above them? Uh, you know, they're kind of like semi-hidden below deck peeking out um you guys like aren't really in the middle of this you're not involved yet but what are your thoughts going through your little brains right now take your time in answering this (laughs) gosh yeah it's like super difficult Um, yeah i know i'm throwing you in i think bertram isn't like a born fighter so and i think even like in in frankenstein's castle it was kind of like what he needed to do and he got swept up in it, I think, with everything around him and seeing what Penelope was doing and A1 was doing. But I think he's kind of reset a little bit. And I think he's remembering that he's like not like going to jump in and start fighting and dueling. So I think he's maybe kind of like backing up a little bit 
maybe kind of like trying to duck because we're I think we're on a lower deck I believe and we were mm-hmm. peeking out right yeah mm-hmm. so I think he would definitely like go back kind of like hiding himself uh not too far away but I think he would step back a little bit not wanting to like jump in I think he'd want to sit back and see how this plays out Awen definitely wants to know what the heck is going on and I I also don't, I, I don't think anyone's going to jump right in. I think he's going to turn to like to Penny. And I think I see, I see Bertram backing away and I look at Penny because she, it seems like she's kind of stood up as our leader for lack for of now. a better term. For, for I'm now. so glad you're accepting that. Um, I really <laughs> thought you pushed back harder. <laughs> and I just say, Penny, what, we going out there? What are we doing? We need to figure out what's going on with this. Um, before Penny responds, I can say that Penny is struck with the fact that, again, when she feels like she should feel horror, she just kind of feels empty. and She's just like, oh, boy. Um, she also thinks it's a little gross. She's trying not to lean into that as much. Um, all right, so hold on. I want to just make sure I understand the picture right. So they're on the decks. It's night. Ahab's standing there. This kid just, bo- like, Blue, just blood just gushed out of him and the figure remind me what the figure is who's speaking out there well he hasn't really introduced himself he hasn't given a name um i did describe him as like he he's humanoid um and it seems as if captain ahab has seen this figure before is familiar with him um and kind of a lot like uh bootstrap bill from pirates of the caribbean where just like he has like just uh, different bits and pieces of sea life like attached to him. Like he's becoming more part of the sea than anything um, that he was before, um, if he was anything before. So yeah, you just see this this creepy figure covered in, yeah, like barnacles, sea star, seaweed, um, just on the deck. And you also see he's the there. one. He's the one calling for tribute, right? Yeah, he he's the one who has demanded that Ahab... Uh, pay tribute to who he says Moby Dick the master beneath the seas um, and as soon as Ahab refuses this and instead vows revenge on this Moby Dick who you keep hearing this name by now you know and I'm sure your characters are probably wondering who the heck is this guy um, but yeah as, as soon as Ahab refused to not only just pay tribute but also to seek revenge that he took the life of uh, who, in essence, is his own nephew. Oh, not his nephew. Sorry, his cousin's son. The way Penny feels right now is tired. She just feels tired. She doesn't feel scared. She doesn't feel affronted. She doesn't feel, she just feels tired and is kind of surprised by that. Like, why isn't this horrible, magical thing scaring her? Mm. But it's not. She just feels really tired when she looks at this. Um, but she sees Awen look to her. And so I want to roll Perception. Okay. And just see, like, what, what are we missing in this moment? This is something that we've never experienced. There's got to be something going on. And um, maybe it's like a puppet master situation. I don't know. I want to understand. That's good. Uh, That's good. So rolling perception. Um, I got an 11. So I see that he's there. <laughs> well, you see that he's there, but I'll, I'll definitely emphasize that you're looking at also how Ahab is holding himself and he's not rushing over um, to hover over his 
cousin's son. He's he's not even rushing to fight back against this murky, shadowy figure that showed up. Um, but he is just shaking with what you see can only be rage because his fists are clenched. He's you know his jaw is set, and just this is this is not something that um, he seems surprised about. But he does also seem to be mirroring a lot of the same emotions maybe you're feeling inside. Are there any other kind of, um, I guess I've backed away a little bit. Are there any other uh, sailors or anything like around us who are also kind of down here? Yeah. Uh, you also see kind of like crouched nearby um, Millie with uh, the chameleon on her on her shoulders. So Ishmael's also there. Oh, sweet. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, can I, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of just, uh, sneak over to them trying to stay out of eyesight of anything up above, but I want to sneak over to, uh, Millie and Ishmael say, uh, what, what, what is going on? Do you, do you know what's, what's going, who that person is up there and this Moby Dick and, and what is going on? God, it's. It hasn't even been that long. I've been on this ship for like six years now, and I've seen this guy once before, and it was like four or five years ago. I don't even know. And Ishmael's like, it was five years ago. Okay, fine. Five years ago. Anyways, this guy just rolls up out of the middle of nowhere and says the same thing that he expects this kind of tribute. And Ahab begrudgingly said yes, and... I don't know if you've noticed, but Ahab doesn't have both legs. And you you do look and you notice that what is a facsimile of an actual leg um, upon closer inspection um, is from the knee down on his left side, um, just a peg leg, basically, um, carved in the likeness of an actual leg. And uh, turning to you and pulling you closer, she's like, that's the kind of tribute that this monster expects. But then after it all happened, Captain Ahab just wanted us to act like nothing occurred. He just let it slide as if this was a regular thing. And those who've been on this ship for longer than me, which I'll be honest, not really very many have. They said that this has happened before on a regular basis. Wait, so he's supposed to pay tribute with body parts? Or what, 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 what tribute is he paying? What, what does this Moby Dick character want? We do have a lot of teeth. If you need teeth, we have teeth. I got you. Got you, bro. Wait, you have teeth? Why didn't you say so? No, you... T- why? You don't need teeth. And also, that is so freaking weird. But no, it... He keeps asking for precious items. And it's almost like every time he's come, he's asking for something more and more precious to him. I, I don't know. It's... I'm freaked out. And... That guy that just got killed, that's Tashtego. It, that's Starbucks' son. But it seems like that's not even enough. I, I don't know what's going on here, guys, and I don't know if Ahab's steering us in the right direction. And so, Wait, what do you mean by that? Am I even near by work? Otherwise, I sneak yeah, I over. I I, am I down the way? I don't know. I don't are you, I don't, are you, I wasn't did over you there. also I, fall over? During that conversation, I saw Bertram go, and I was intrigued, so I followed. Uh, I wanted answers. <laughs> you tend to do this, Kimmy. You're like, and I say this. You're like, aren't you two rooms over? 
I know. But my roguish charm means I have good hearing. So, um, (laughs) no, I also sneak over to Bertram. At least this time I caught it, right? Growth. Growth. Um, There we go. um, Wait, but so um, I'm I'm over there at this point. You make that side comment about right direction. And then I ask you, what do you mean? What other direction could he be going in? Well, I don't know. I mean, shouldn't he be informing us? Shouldn't he be a little bit more transparent with what's going on with him and he's been locking himself up in that room of his more and more hours at a time not really telling me and i'm the navigator on the ship i think i should know where we're headed uh, and now he is also talking to agatha and i think he's agreed to go wherever she is i i don't know but he's not he's not bringing us in he's just shutting us all out ishmael um Ishmael just like nods very solemnly. He's like, you know, it's bad. It's bad when you're having a lot more grumblings of people not trusting your captain. What I think, when I see this like bloodbath or the blood boiling that's happening, am I, I guess like, can I roll perception? Do I feel like this is something that's way bigger than me or do I feel like it's maybe on par with my skill set? Yeah, in fact, I would say if you have proficiency in arcana at all or history, yeah, for sure. I would allow yeah. you to do that. Okay, I'll roll arcana. That is a nat 20. Oh. 23. Ooh. Uh, gosh, then yeah, you definitely would have heard of this before, um, especially with the level of nature-based magic that you have become accustomed to your whole life as a druid. Um, But you had heard of this where um, demonic energy, when mixed with nature-based magic, um, can often lead to what is known as like blood magic, um, where it has the capability to control, the capability to kill, the capability to um, even erase. So you have heard of this in whispers, but you have never before seen it in action until now. And you know that this is far beyond your ken. Awen looks at the at the at the the blood magic that he just saw, and there's something in him that's curious um about the mixture of this deeply arcane, demonic um energy and the natural component that's happening with the power of the sea and looks upon it with, I guess like it, it's gross, but it's like a train wreck. Like you can't look away. I'm so, I'm so intrigued by this thing. I so want to understand how nature can interface with different facets of humanity. Um, and I guess like the supernatural is just a part of humanity as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like you, you have a morbid fascination with it. Like, you know that you are go. repulsed and yet drawn in at the same time. Um, but before any of you, you know, can go any further and you, you notice movement up ahead uh, coming from um, Starbuck as he's kind of clutching his son's lifeless body. And so you all of your ears prick up and you once again hear Starbuck kind of just let out this guttural cry, which I will not do right now because you guys can imagine what it sounds like. And I also don't want to wake up my baby sleeping in the next room. 
anyways, yeah, he lets this guttural cry and he turns in rage, but you see that his gaze is not centered on this figure, but on Ahab. And he shouts out, How could you do this? How could you let this happen? This is your own family. His blood is on your head. And Ahab just merely glances at him. And you see, once again, that tired and fatigue in his eyes. And he turns back toward the advocate. He says, advocate. Oh, gosh, I got to do his voice. (laughs) What does a crusty old sailor sound like? (laughs) Well, you've talked to him before. Willem Dafoe, I know. (laughs) Sounds like sweat. Hey, that, that's like one thing I'm realizing as a DM, kind of like behind the curtain, just you, it's you lose track of voices. You, you hear so many voices in your head as you're writing, but then you lose track of them. Um, all right, got to channel Willem Dafoe in the lighthouse. <laughs> uh, so he looks at the, this figure. <laughs> you call yourself the advocate. I knew you under a different name. Tell your master I'll be waiting for him and I'll be ready to kill him. And at that moment, just a, just a cackle emits from this figure. And as the cackle reaches your ears, it's almost like a, a wave of force energy comes out from him and you, you're knocked over onto the floor. And as you pick yourselves up, a wave crests over the side of the ship enveloping this man or this thing now called the advocate as you know and it pulls him back overboard where he disappears below Um, the last you see of him are his eyes fixed upon ahab's furious face swim away from me do ye murmurs ahab gazing over into the water there seems but little in the words but the tone conveys more of deep helpless sadness than the insane old man has ever before evinced in front of you. And turning to the steersman, who thus far has been holding the ship in the wind to diminish her headway, Ahab calls out in his old lion voice, Up helm! Keep her off round the world! The sail is not set, and with the still rising wind, you begin to rush along. The boat going with such madness through the water that the lee oars can scarcely be worked rapidly enough to escape being torn from the rowlocks. As it starts to speed along, you hear him bark out orders for men to wake up, come and help with the body, and he starts to retreat back down towards his cabin. What do you three do? Awen starts to walk over to Ahab. I'm going to find out what the hell's going on. All right, so as he uh, starts to descend, um, headed for his own cabin, he barely spares you a glance. As he walks by, I take my quarterstaff and I swing it at his, his peg leg as he's walking past me. So I'm going to have Ahab roll a dexterity saving throw <laughs> to see if you trip this old man. Oh, shoot. Uh, do, he does do not know for that. It's just not high okay. enough. So okay. as you swing, it connects with his peg leg and uh, it actually knocks him down <laughs> on his butt. What in the... What, what are you doing? As he falls to the ground, I cast prestidigitation and flame comes out of my hands kind of like a, like, like a, a firebender. Uh, just a little ball of flames in my hands. Just a little bit of intimidation. And I say, 
Captain Ahab, I don't mean you any disrespect, but you better tell us what the hell's going on here. I get that I'm a guest on your ship, but I will not spend my rest of my days with some kind of demon barnacle man. Can Penny also, before anything else, Penny looks over to Mr. Bertram and says, Mr. Bertram, want to go watch this? Want to go see what happens? And I, th- I think Bertram actually would, would rush over to uh, Captain Ahab and I would extend my hand. Or I, I wouldn't even extend my hand. I would come behind him and just pick him up and would grab his leg. Awen, what are you doing? This is, he, we are here as his guests. Uh, you will say yes, sir, and no, sir. And you will put that fireball away. So put that fireball away. What are you doing? You're going yeah, to set this ship on fire. Well, like, it's not even real fire, Mr. Bertram, okay? Just uh, come on. Could have, could have fooled me. Captain Lots Ahab, of water. I, we got lots I, of water. You, put it out. You must forgive. You must forgive my, my friend here. He, we're, it sounds like we're all just a little confused, and obviously there was a little um, tiff, I guess you might say, upstairs. Uh, um, and so a little boy's just, blood got boiled. Uh, little tiff. Just, that's a little improper to say, please, sir, in, front, in, the, in the company of gentlemen and a lady here. Wait, we just want to know what Penny is... Penny is pleased to be called a lady. What is going on exactly? We, if you could please tell us, we would uh, appreciate it. Um, you know, the more we know, the more we can do to help. Um, but if we don't know anything, any one of us might end up like that poor soul up there. Boiled. Y- yes, boiled. Well, except Hark. me, I suppose. I don't, I don't have Hark. a problem. Hark! And be silent in front of me, ye scowly dogs. First ye knock me on my ass. Then ye pick me up and lay ye hands on me without my permission. And ye, little girl, you just stare in your creepy way. <laughs> creepy creep. I have given ye... Passage on this ship, I have given ye meat, I've given ye food, and this is how you treat your captain. If you want to know about this scurvy dog called Moby Dick, all you have to do is ask. Well, Mr. Ahab, Cap- excuse me, Captain Ahab, I was trying to talk to you, but you just continued walking down the road here. I just wanted to know. What's going on? You know, why is there some kind of weird demon advocate person on the ship boiling people's bloods? You know, that's all. I don't mean any harm. I didn't mean to hurt you. I'm sorry about your leg. I didn't mean to scare you with my fireballs. I'm a little shook up. I'm not used to seeing people getting killed like this. Ahab levels his uh, eyes at all of you, and as he gives you a hard look, you see him like up close really for the first time, um, because other times it's been quick in passing, or you really haven't you know, paid too much attention, right? It's just an old sea captain. Um, but you see his face is deeply brown and burnt, making his white teeth dazzling by the contrast. While in the deep shadows of his eyes float some reminiscences that do not seem to give him much joy. Uh, You also notice a stark white birthmark going down one side of his face and extending far below his neckline. Um, And it provides this striking contrast um, with his deep brown skin. Um, And so he levels you with this stare and almost as if he comes to an internal decision 
he heaves like a, a big sigh and he shakes his head and says, fine, I'll tell ye. Moby Dick is demonic, yes, but he is the demon, or I should say the whale demon. He's a large white whale, but unlike any whale you've seen, he might as well be a behemoth. And he strikes people down. And he, his ancestry runs through my veins. Generations ago, this is where I got my tiefling ancestry. It's from this wretched, cursed being. And it's always been that someone on my side of the family, down my line, ever since my great-great-grandfather, one of us has had to pay tribute to this thing and sail the seas. So... Of course my cousin wouldn't know about it. Moby Dick is nothing to mess with. The sea is his. He owns it as an emperor owns empires, other seamen having but a right of way through it. But I'm going to make it end here. I'm going to make a final stop to this endless cycle of maniacal evil in my family. I intend to hunt him, and I intend to kill him. A, a demon whale, you said. H how do you plan about doing that, Captain, if I might ask? <sighs> uh, haven't, haven't thought much about it, have you? <laughs> I've given it all the thought I can. Are you going to shake your fist? Shake your fist at him? No. I guess, uh... I guess it's more when, when you three came on and others and... Agatha was telling me about this group that she's a part of. This is exactly the team that I need. You're here, and while you're here, I might need your help. Well, Captain Ahab, most people deal with their generational trauma by going to therapy and, you know, talking about their problems, not fighting the literal demons, but seeing as that we're here and that there are demons around, I guess. Well, I don't know. And I turn, I turn back to like, I just look at my compatriots. Yes, I, th I think we all know a thing or two about family drama. But like Awen says, maybe this is something that should stay within the family. Maybe. Do we, do we need to pry into this? That being that you saw. Being. This advocate that you saw. No, not being, being, <laughs> being. <laughs> that was my former first mate. When I had a wife, that was her brother. He was one of my best friends. And now he doesn't even know who he is anymore. So much has been taken. And you're on this ship, and whether you like it or not, this Moby Dick's coming tomorrow. And I'm going to need your help. Tomorrow? Well, that's, that's real soon. <laughs> we, won't, we, we won't make it to that island by then. Is, is that island further away than that? We can try and make it there because all the people that could probably help us, Agatha says, is on this island. So, of course, I'm trying to make it there. That's why I'm trying to get there at breakneck speed. But we have, well, in, case, in case you weren't listening, in case you weren't listening a little bit ago, this advocate fellow said we have... 24 hours until this 
demon whale shows up. So I'm trying to make it to this island to get as much help as possible, as much firepower, as much manpower, to defeat this beast. I gotta say, I don't know a lot about manners, but Captain Ahab, it's usually good manners to ask people if they want to join a team where they're most likely on a fatal mission against a giant demonic spirit. Now, I, now, I, I turn to Awen and Penelope. Now, now look, I, I don't want to fight this demon whale. I'm the last person who wants to fight this demon whale, even more than you two, perhaps. But we are on his ship, and when and Millie and and Ishmael helped us escape Frankenstein, and maybe perhaps we're indebted to them. I mean, they are taking us to where we need to go. Also, if we don't survive, we go down with the ship. So maybe I will go down with this ship. <laughs> no, no, Dino. That's a good sign, White Flag. Heck yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> I will stand. Well, uh, speaking of Millie, I mean, I do owe Millie and you all my life. I mean, I, I did beat that door down like, a, like an idiot and fell through down to my demise. So, Mr. Awen, you're being real hard on yourself for that. No, that was warranted. That was warranted. <laughs> I don't, you, you see, I don't usually do things like that. I'm very, very much, that is not me. I got, I got buck wild in there seeing all his, all his things. I saw his magic and his mechanisms, and I just thought, what a wonderful world we're in. Well, you know, all kind of, anyway, I don't need to jabber on about this. All the, all the teeth, <laughs> all the teeth you can find. I saw them teeth with the sigils on them. Anyway. Is Captain Ahab just listening to this? Yeah, at, Captain Ahab's session? just like standing there, like, "Are you done?" Like he's just like. Anyway, yeah. if Millie, if y'all and Millie think we should go and fight this giant whale demon, well, I guess I can't argue with that. Uh, Captain Ahab like turns over his shoulder because Millie's been standing there this whole time as well. Because I never said she left, so I guess she's there well, listening. I thought she was a couple. She was down the way. We yeah. walked over. Oh, that's we fine. walked. I over mean, we're on a ship. We're all kind it's of like kind right of close there. Quarters we're all kind of right yeah. there. Yeah. But Captain Ahab looks over his shoulder at Millie. And he's like, "What do you say? One more last ride?" Millie's like, "You got it, Cap. You know that. What about you, Ishmael?" <laughs> the chameleon's like sh- shrugs his little uh, chameleon shoulders. He's like, ah, Millie, I'll cleave to you like a barnacle, and I will till you take your last long dive. I'm there, and he just like gives her a little salute with his tiny chameleon forked hands. I love and so hands. Millie looks so back. Great. All right, we're in. Oh, all right. So that's that's six of us. What about let's say the rest of your of your crew? Do they want to go I'll just on? Say, this- Penny hasn't said yes. Penny is sitting there with her arms crossed, very frustrated that she's been pulled into this nonsense. What about you, little girl? You, uh... <laughs> oh, you don't like to be called little girl. Uh, no, it's <laughs> which is why Bertram no. does it. Yeah. What about you? Oh, what about you, creepy girl? Uh, you gonna join me? There's something about you that seems familiar in your eyes. A lot that I've seen before in my own. Penny looks down nervously and doesn't make eye contact with him. Um, 
well I don't like being forced into anything I don't like being just pulled into a team or club I like having choice but it seems like there aren't many options and I have eyed all the lifeboats on this ship and they don't seem good they seem pretty leaky and so I feel like I have the best chance of sticking with you but I just want to understand that this is under protest Okay, we've noted. Fine, you've. We all know Penelope's unhappy. What a shocker. None of us are happy. Oh, and I'm peachy keen. None of us are happy, Penelope. But like you said, if we're going to survive this, I think we're going to need to get together. But I still haven't heard a plan. All right, the plan. If ye be asking me over and over again, the plan is to make it to this island that Agatha was talking about and get as much of a backup as possible. I was hoping that I had more time before I had to hunt this thing down, and I hope that I could just have taken you to this island without any problems, but even that choice has been taken from me. So I'm sorry to drag you into this, but seems like I have little choice. But again, that didn't sound like a plan, really. Yeah. Again, what if we don't? (laughs) What if we don't make it to the island in time? Also, we're we're not hunting anything. I think it's hunting us, right? We're running away to the island. Yeah, I think it's gonna come find us in twenty four hours. Maybe we're not asking him the right question. We've asked the plan question twice. It's not working. Captain Ahab, does Moby Dick have any weaknesses? What do you know about him other than the fact that he's a demon? Bingo. His weaknesses have to do with... I have some texts in Celestial, and I also know that the opposite of demonry are those aligned with the Celestials. And Millie here can read it. So she and I have... I've been having her read some texts for me, and and I have some stuff below deck that we have been hoarding. So if we could just build some of these... I guess you can call them bombs, some explosives with some radiant energy and time and get it exactly where it needs to go. Then, of course, we can do that. But you don't need to worry about that. I I highly doubt that you would know anything about celestial or know anything or have anything that talks about using celestial energy. So with that said, I will be on my way to continue my planning. I need two of you, since you're here. It's, uh, it's your turn anyways, but I need two of you up on the crow's nest, keeping lookout. Try to rest. And he continues on his way. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Friends, half-orcs, countrymen, lend me your pointy ears. (laughs) Hi, guys. It is me, your master teacher. It is once again that time that I come on here and remind you that our show is available with a new episode every other Wednesday for you to enjoy. And also, I'm here to remind you that you can reach out to us, and we'd love to hear from you. You can email us. 
uh, omamemshow at gmail.com. And you can also reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at omamemshow. And on either of those platforms or even through email, you can reach out to us with ideas and suggestions that you have. They could be suggestions for homebrew items or spells that you would love to see woven into the narrative. They can be ideas for original characters that you'd love to see, or even just like, hey, I got a cool name for you. <laughs> or I want to see more Aarakocras. Give me all the Aarakocras you got. Um, or even for stories such as novel, short stories, poetry, plays, um, that are available for me to use in any upcoming episodes. So yeah, holla at ya. Or <laughs> so yeah, give us a shout out. We'd love to hear from you. And with that, uh, I hope you're enjoying it so far. I hope you're uh, enjoying this take on Moby Dick because oftentimes it is a story that people love to hate on uh, but have rarely actually ever read themselves. So maybe this is inspiring you to check the book out on your own. But without further ado, let's get back to the adventure, shall we? So, uh, which of you three, I mean, you guys can like talk a little bit about this. Um, you can go to the crow's nest and, uh, keep a lookout. Um, the crow's nest, uh, that is up there can accommodate all three of you, even though all only two of you were asked to go. So it's up to you. I'd, I'll go. Bertram doesn't like heights. I would assume. I would, I would assume he doesn't. It's Cause he's so tall. He's all so tall. He's so used to that. Shaking them. in the wind. Mm-hmm. All rust up there. I'll go. And this, all the sea. I like water. it up there. Okay, so um, it's looking like Penny and Awen. You guys are gonna go up and keep watch in the crow's nest. Okay, and Bertram, is, what would he like to do? Uh, where's my notes? What have they done with Tash Dago's body? Um, you saw them kind of like uh roll it up into. <laughs> into canvas and they were taking it um <laughs> they're taking it in the bed. sorry i'm just saying, uh he's like what did he do with the body i gotta see the body uh they rolled it up in, in canvas and they're going to be taking it to the back of the boat um but it's still on the deck so the it's still, it's still the on, the deck. on the deck it's still on the deck mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. where the dead body was um is starbuck there still Starbuck is kind of like standing vigil over Tashtego's body. I think I would, I, would walk, I would walk over and stand next to Starbuck and just put my metal hand like on his shoulder, pretty tall still. And I would say, what do you need from me? Oh, what do I need from you? It's... I've I need this. I what you what I need is nothing that you can give me, Bertram, but thank you. What I need is to see a change in the order of things. Things need to change. And they need to change quickly. Well, we we just spoke below deck to uh Captain Ahab and it's he and it sounds when like you say his name. I uh, uh I I think he I th- 
That's very un- that's very ungentlemanly and very lowbrow. But I think he would bite his lip right now because he's just around. He's standing over the body of someone he loves who's dead. So I think he'll just repeat himself. As I was saying, we just spoke below deck to you know who, and we. It sounds like we're going we're going to make a run at this at this at this demon whale. Ah. Uh, you say you want something to change. Is is that what you want, or what? Or what do you want? I want my son back. I want my cousin back. That is not my cousin anymore. And I want this boat to be going elsewhere. If it weren't for him digging in his heels, if he would have just given that thing what it asked for, we wouldn't be here right now. And we would be able to go on this path and then we could have made it back home and I had done my year working on this ship to help the family out. This is not what I signed up for. I too know what it's like to lose people close to you, who you love. There's no looking back. There's only moving forward. So, where do we move forward from here? What, what can I do to help you and, and your boy to give him some dignity in his last moments? I can clean up this mess. I can help carry him somewhere. I can give him some flowers for his, his place where you lay him down. We're here to help. So what you tell me what I can do to help you right now. Some flowers would be nice. His favorite color was blue. His mother's eyes. I, I think he would kind of crouch down next to him. So his head is, is du- so his head is ducked down. But so the flowers are sticking out from behind his head. And he says, please take all, all the flowers you need. I think there's some like, some, like bl- hopefully make some like blue bonnets or some other, what other, what other, what other flowers are blue? Those other blue corn ones. Corn flower. Yeah. Corn all, flower. All the blue yeah, corn ones. flowers. Those ones. All, all the blue, all the blue bells, all the blue flowers possible. Um, yeah. He doesn't say anything at first and it doesn't seem like he's going to react uh, for a couple beats, but then um, you see, his shoulders start to shake and is as if like he's letting go and he reaches over, um, plucks a few flowers and lays them gently on the shrouded figure of his son. Um, and you can just tell that he wants to be left alone in that moment. I, I walk. Uh, yeah, I walk away. Um, all right, then we'll, we'll pan over to, uh, by now I would say that, uh, Penny and Awen, you have made it up to, uh, the Crow's Nest, where you can be keeping watch for uh, this segment of the night. Well, <laughs> I know Penny, um, the moment they get up there, she would take a deep breath of like actual like relief and comfort. Um, and she looks over A1 and starts talking about how um, she just starts saying, uh, um, it is so much better out here. I, I have a hard time thinking on the ground or underneath there were there were these spaces where I'm from sometimes we'd climb the buildings and climb to the top and some of the buildings were pretty tall and you could just see the entire 
entire city laid out. And those are my favorite places to actually be. It's the only places I really ever felt safe. Wow. That sounds magnificent. What, what kind of buildings were they? Uh, all kinds. Houses, some were businesses, occasionally churches. Uh, it was a huge city. You could find anything there. But, um, but I left. I left there because I got pulled in and sucked into um, things I didn't want to be a part of and groups I didn't think were trustworthy. And I feel like that's happening again. I got away so I didn't have to do that anymore. Now it just feels like you can't get away from it. Like you're running away from some kind of, some kind of destiny. Running from destiny or running from broken systems and uh, corrupt organizations. And I just don't know. I swore to myself I'd never get pulled into something like that again. And I like you. I like mm. Mr. Bertram. You two have proven to be pretty trustworthy and to have each all of our backs. But I don't know if we can trust anyone else, and I feel like that option is being taken away from us, and I don't like it. Well, Archdruid Waldo always used to tell me anytime an ecosystem has some kind of taint, there are a few things you can do to fix that taint. You can let it run its course and go somewhere else. You got some kind of poison in your, in your tree, in your ferns. Well, maybe you just get up pack up your bags and move to another another little meadow. And sometimes you got to be a good gardener. You got to prune it out. You got to take care of the landscape. You got to take care of the ecosystem. There might be these people that are broken, doing all kinds of bad things, perverse things. But we can be the change. We can we can make a difference. I think. I appreciate that. It's a little hopeful for my liking still. And I had a little hard, I, I, had, I got a little distracted at the word taint, but overall <laughs> I appreciate this. <laughs> Those are the, the good orifices. The, yeah, orifices. the pleasurable orifices. <laughs> the pleasurable orifices. <laughs> oh my gosh. Only the right ones. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> but Mr. Awen, even if I may be a little more cynical than you, I don't mind aligning myself with someone who sees the world a little more hopefully. So thank you for sharing that. Well, you got to have balance. Isn't that right, Miss Penny? You got to have balance in all things. Mm. Just look at that. Particularly when one's in a crow's nest. That's right. You better stay on your side. That's what I got to (laughs) say. But, I mean, look at this ocean. It's a vast ecosystem. You can feel it humming. can, Can you feel it? You can feel it humming. You can feel life underneath us. Little fish getting eaten by bigger fish, getting eaten by bigger fish, apparently getting eaten by some kind of weird demon whale. It all has a natural order. You know, it seems like this Captain Ahab has either disrupted that order or this demon fellow's kind of disrupting that order. Either way, I don't know. That's what, that's what gets me about I can't shake Dr. Frankenstein. I think he was on to something. There's this balance between, well, between what is made and what is created. You get what I'm saying? What we can make and what is, I think there's something there. I don't know. I just got, I got caught up. I got caught up in making stupid decisions. I got excited. I wanted to see what Dr. Frankenstein was all about. I called him Mr. Frankenstein because I was mad. 
how could how can you learn these things? They have to be discovered. It seemed like that's what he was doing, but well, kind of like you said, when uh, you get a little bit of mold on your bread, you gotta throw that loaf away. Well, I can't say that I feel things the way you do. I, you see an ocean. I, you see an ocean. I see a lot of. I just see a lot of darkness, and I see a lot of movement. And I see a lot of. Right now, the water is pretty black to me, but. Um, I trust you that there's more to this than appears. And I, I, I hoped for something from Dr. Frankenstein, too. You weren't the only one who was hopeful or intrigued, but we learned our lesson. And that is what people like him are what make me cynical. There's, there's so much darkness and badness out there. And that's why I just kind of been trying to run away from it all. So don't be too hard on yourself. Good people act weird when they're around bad things. Uh, Awen just looks at Penny like deeply in the eyes until maybe it's like a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> Penny's and immediately uncomfortable, like immediately. Your hand he goes to like, your dagger. <laughs> 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 he, he, he takes a really deep breath and then he turns around and looks back at the ocean and he says, what are you running from, Penny? <sighs> a lot of things. Some we could talk about now, some for another time, and some probably isn't really for anyone but me, but a lot of things. But wait, you say you can feel the fish and the bigger fish and even the biggest fish. Can you sense the demon out there? Can you feel it? I'd like to roll perception. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Can you roll, uh, you know, for this, roll nature for me. Sure Do a nature check. Uh, that's a four. Yeah, you feel you you do not feel any <laughs> with a four. You do not feel any specific demon fish. Um, in fact, you you think you feel something and uh, you get really excited, but then you realize it's a sailor like below hawking a loogie overboard, and you're like, ah, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and but Bertram's you, you, disgusted. <laughs> you you hear Bert, you hear Bertram like cut at it like. <laughs> but but I guess Bertram really quickly is also like well when in Rome trying to fit in trying to be low class like these grunts so he goes puh puh but he can't make saliva he can't make saliva so he can't spit so, puh 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 puh. Oh. <laughs> so as you're looking around, uh, you notice that um, the lanterns have been doused on the ship by this point. Um, making it very dark all around, but giving you a clear, clearer look at the ocean around you. And as you both look out, you'll notice that a shooting star crosses the sky. A few seconds later, another one shows up. A minute passes, and the whole sky is covered by a meteor shower. The particles have different colors and sizes, creating some kind of aurora borealis with its huge color palette. At some point, even lit up by the moon, it almost looks like just a bunch of celestials in the sky. Seems some plumed and glittering god uprising from the sea. And then in a moment, it's gone. I want you both to roll a perception check for me. And uh, one cool advantage of this uh, ship is that with our our friend there, uh, Herman, at the, yeah, our figurehead head Herman, um, one cool thing he offers is that you get advantage on 
perception checks um, looking oh, out amazing. from the that ship. That was a two. <laughs> well, it's a good uh, thing I you can reroll. 19. The 15. 20. 19, so 24. Uh, should I reroll or no? Probably no, not. Uh, no. So I think that's that's good. Man, you got... between. Kimmy's got the, the golden rolls and, and Adam's got the... the I feel rolls. guilty. Is it this app? Like, I just have this app and it just gives me good rolls. That's not oh, a good yeah. roll. No, that's, that's not a good roll wait. you just showed well, us. Well, that's an eight. And I did get a four earlier, but like so often. It's just the nat okay, 20 that, app, I, right? I, I just I crit failed, so that's fine. Don't worry, guys. I get, don't worry. I have some new dice today. I busted out some new dice. So oh, the, hell the yeah. Rolls, good luck. Oh, man. They're going to they're gonna rock tonight. As you um, are both kind of looking out and you see this beautiful sight of this meteor shower, as it comes to a close, since your eyes are drawn toward the horizon, you see a troubling sight as well. Darker seeming clouds in the night and flashes in the distance. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Meet Pia Casely, a journalist with a nose for a good story. Do you know who the last person to interview Julie Capsum was? Me. Meet Brenda Bentley, a dogged detective with a case she can't let go. Nobody came closer than I did, and that's why I was kicked off the force. Together, they solve the cold cases no one else can. That's when things got weird. And we haven't even gotten to the torso yet. If they don't kill each other first, that is. Well, you've got another thing coming. You know, I think it's you've got another thing coming. Or perhaps there's something else between them. Well, if the feeling's mutual, call it a mutual feeling. Arden. A podcast about crime, romance, and everything else. Season 1 and 2 now available. Brought to you by Wayface Industries. The good people.